Hey ladies, this is Keisha Nate. Now it's time to get real. Welcome ladies. I recently had a friend tell me that podcasters become like family after a while. Well, if that's the case, fam, pull up a seat and let's chat. So guess what today is? It's my birthday. Go shawty. It's your birthday. We in quarantine on your birthday. Yeah, so that's a real thing. So I am 40-ish and I'm celebrating my quarantine birthday with you ladies. Now, if you listen to the promo, you know today's episode was supposed to be about me sharing my story. You getting to know who is Keisha Nate. But guess what? It's my birthday, and as the birthday girl, I can change the plans. And since we'll be together for a while, we have plenty of time to learn who I am and what my story looks like and the things that have shaped me. I think today's hashtag COVID confessions episode will start the process of allowing you to get to know me. So I have been working from home since mid-March, and as an introvert, honestly, overall, this time has been extremely restorative for me. I feel like for the first time in my life, I am having my battery fully recharged. But I also acknowledge that for some people, this is truly a struggle. This space where there is no or limited human interaction is hard for them. And for those, I'm constantly praying for God to comfort them in the way that they haven't previously experienced. I I've been praying for those who are non-essential employees and business owners because life looks a lot different for them. I've been praying for essential workers, both those who are rushing to serve our communities and those who are struggling because they honestly didn't sign up for this. Everyone is affected by this global pandemic and there are things happening that you cannot control. But there's one thing you absolutely can control, how you respond to what's going on around you. So in the words of Usher, these are my confessions. Okay, so to know me is to know that there is always a soundtrack, a movie line, a sitcom scene in my mind at all times. <laughs> I feel like there's a movie line for every situation in life. There's a one-liner for every situation in life. So my hashtag COVID confessions are my way of processing and responding to the world in which we find ourselves. And there are a handful of things I've been mindful of doing during this time. And I just wanted to share some of those with you. I would say the overarching umbrella of my hashtag COVID confessions is truly learning the art of the pivot. Listen, I had a calendar of events for March and April that was cleared virtually overnight. Life disrupted my plans and I had to pivot very quickly. I'm keenly aware that God is creating moments and I felt like this was a moment God created. Honestly, I didn't think we would still be in quarantine in June, but here we are. With the framework of God creating moments, I wanted to make sure I created opportunities to learn and grow in the midst of this discomfort. I wanted to make sure I was learning to hold plans loosely. So first thing in my hashtag COVID confession is I am studying myself. I work a full-time job in corporate America. I have a 501c3 ministry. Now, don't look at my website and give me any feedback unless you're offering to manage it and my social media for free. But I digress. (laughs) But I'm serious. I am a mentor. I disciple women. I'm a life coach. I'm an adjunct professor at a Bible college. I'm a doctoral student. Should I also add I'm a podcaster now? I guess. I don't know. Um, I just get on here and I tell you what's on my heart. But anywho. 
My point in telling you any of this is that I am an intentional doer as long as it falls in line with my purpose. The job will get done. Now, I don't like to be busy, but I do like to be productive. But the rhythm of my life left little time for me to get to know myself. So as I slowed down, two very important realizations rose to the surface. First, I am creative in ways I've been dismissive about in the past. In my mind, creativity is limited to dancing or singing or drawing or painting, anything and everything that's artsy, right? But I'm creative with my words. And even greater than that, I create safe spaces for people. And that is huge. Second, I had a dear friend tell me to ask people for what I need. Well, when you are a doer, you're always in doer mode and you don't think about what you need, just what needs to be done. Now, did you hear that? Because those two things are completely different. When I think about what I need, I see a discipline of self-care. But when I think about what needs to be done, for me, it distracts from self-care. And let me just say this, it is not selfish to choose self-care. And so in my hashtag COVID confessions and me studying myself, I am learning to choose self-care. I've been practicing telling people what I need. And honestly, it's hard. I've always been the one to have the answers. And sometimes what I need is to not be asked a question. <laughs> sometimes what I need is a moment. And so I'm asking for my moments and it has been awesome, but it has also been difficult. Um, there's one question that I've heard asked over and over again. People want to know who will you be when the world opens up again? And I like to challenge that. Let's not wonder who we will become months from now. Ask yourself, who are you now? As you're sitting with the Lord in this moment, God is creating. What do you see? Do you like what you see? But a better question is, does God like what he sees? He sees it all. Nothing is hidden from him. Psalms 139 tells us that darkness is not dark to him. That night is as bright as day. That darkness and light are alike to him. So how are you studying yourself in this COVID environment? So my second hashtag COVID confession is I'm valuing my yes. In March, my company announced that we would work from home for two weeks because like many people, we thought that we would be back at work by April. I instantly started to calculate the number of hours I would get back in my day. If I factored in the time that I prepared for work, the commute to work, the lunch hour that I worked through and the commute from work, I received back at least four hours a day. I spend a lot of time in my car. My 2015 SUV, which was brand new when I bought it, has over 113,000 miles on it today. She's not even five yet. I spent a lot of time saying yes to work, yes to dinner, yes to meetings, yes to events, yes to impromptu gatherings. But I wasn't spending a lot of time saying yes to rest, yes to reset, yes to downtime, yes to margins. I had not been saying yes to me. I know you've heard people say that saying yes to one thing means saying no to another. And this time at home has truly made me see my yes comes at a cost. I have to make sure that I'm saying yes to God things and not just good things, that I'm valuing the limited life minutes that I'm given. A few years ago, I remember hearing a message from a pastor 
And he had a website projecting behind him with a countdown. And now I love shiny things. I love a good squirrel. So needless to say, I was extremely distracted with this random countdown behind this pastor. And honestly, I don't know what his message was because I was so focused on what was going on behind him. But when he started to explain why he had the countdown up, I tuned in and the explanation blew my mind. Apparently, there's a website that if you provide your expected age at death, it will count down the number of minutes you have on this earth. So as this pastor was sharing, his minutes were decreasing. He was literally dying a little bit in front of me. Now, God reminded me of this visual of my life in minutes so that I wouldn't waste another one. Sidebar, me starting this podcast is an attempt to not waste any more life minutes with disobedience. But we'll talk about that on a different podcast on a different day. I am learning to set boundaries with margins. It's a rhythm of discipline and fellowship between what I have to do and what I get to do. And it's a beautiful dance. Sometimes duty takes the lead in the dance and other time desire does. But I'm learning that rhythm in a different way. And it's pretty saucy. I like it if I have to say so myself. So my third hashtag COVID confession is I'm guarding my gates. So when I say gates from a spiritual perspective, I mean the avenue in which information is received. What you see and hear and feel influences your mood and your decision making. Gates are entry points. And so what goes into your eyes, your ears and your heart must be filtered just like the filter that you use for tap water to remove toxins. We need a filter that prevents toxins from taking up residence in our mind and in our heart. Let's be clear. Guarding your gates does not mean ignoring what's happening in the world. It's about protecting what you expose yourself to. What you hear becomes a wooing voice. What you see, you can't unsee and it's burned on your brain. What you feel can lead you to act out of emotion as opposed to wisdom. I've limited social media scrolling and engagement as well as watching the news. For me, I have to protect my peace. I have been intentional to limit conversations with negative people because, again, I need to protect my peace and I need to protect my spirit. And I have distanced myself from people when I feel like I'm in my feelings and I could say something out of the wrong heart. Um, I've done this because I've become aware of how sneaky the enemy is. He will use any opportunity he can to cause you to stumble. And I don't want to give him any leverage. Being wooed away from the Lord is a slow decline that normally is not recognized until you hit bottom. And the first question when you hit bottom is, how did I get here? The answer to that age old question is simple. You did not guard your gates. If you want to see the activity of God, hear his spirit and feel his presence, you must guard your gate. A practical exercise is to take note of your body's response to what you see and what you hear. If there's an uneasiness that you can't quite name, stop what you're doing right then. That uneasiness is a warning from the spirit. Again, don't ignore what you saw or what you heard, but sit before the Lord and ask him to show you what caused that uneasiness. And he will. To guard your gate is to wage war over that which wages war with your soul. What you see, hear, and feel truly impacts your soul. It imprints on your soul. During a global pandemic, what should be imprinted on your soul is the word of God, is a message of hope, is one of redemption, of deliverance. 
So my fourth and final hashtag COVID confession is I am creating space to grieve. I want to camp out here for a while because so much is happening in our world and I'm experiencing emotions that I never have before simply because I don't have the distraction of traffic or office chats with coworkers or meetings or events after work. I don't have to be on, right? And for me, when it's quiet in my world, it's noisy in my emotions. And I'm able to realize just how much I have not paid attention to my emotional health. A couple of months ago, I was in an Enneagram coaching session. Don't worry if you don't know what an Enneagram is. It's not important for where we're going with this story. But what I need you to know is that I don't feel my way through life. I think and I act. So the first assignment was to identify emotions throughout the day. Can I tell you that about killed me? Like literally, I had to print off an emotion wheel. There is such a thing and I'm grateful because I needed help. Uh, I didn't know what emotions were and that's really no joke. Well, my coach would be extremely proud of me because I'm feeling I have words for my emotions. I am struggling with the reality of being black in America. I am over being seen as a threat, but not as a woman in a community of others who look like me, who is dealing with generational trauma. I'm grieving. I'm angry. I'm hurt. I'm sad. I'm disappointed. I'm tired. I'm oh so tired. Being black in America is exhausting. I'm not expected to hurt deeply or express pain. I'm expected to be okay. (laughs) I'm expected to keep moving with a smile on my face while grief is gripping my heart. I am tired of hiding in plain sight because I've been made to feel like my pain must remain invisible. I'm tired of holding it together so others don't feel uncomfortable with my truth. I'm tired of apologizing for feeling and expressing my feelings. I'm tired of faking good. But most of all, I'm tired of subconsciously doing all of this. (laughs) Had zero clue that this was going on in my emotional health. I am a follower of Jesus and I am struggling with the response or lack thereof from my white brothers and sisters in Christ, specifically those in leadership, but not limited to those in leadership. I have a higher expectation of my Christian family. We are one body. Romans 12 and 15 commands us to rejoice with those who rejoice and to weep with those who weep. We have rejoicing down. We got that. But we are also an equally called to weep with one another. Yet I'm weeping in specific isolation. I'm weeping with other black faces. The silence of my white brothers and sisters is deafening because it speaks so loudly. My tears carry the burden of the Lord. My tears are laced with sadness and righteous anger. When I tell you black lives matter and you tell me all lives matter, you're saying that I should be quiet because my history and reality of institutional and systemic oppression is invalid. When I tell you black lives matter and you tell me blue lives matter or back the blue, you're saying a chosen profession is more valuable than human life, than my life. You made this an either or conversation when it's both and, and I'm just asking to be seen. Now, this one is a new one for me. 
when I tell you Black Lives Matter and you tell me to think about all the aborted babies. (laughs) Okay, listen, I'm not here to condemn that woman who honestly believed that abortion was her only and best option. I serve a God who is able and willing to forgive any and every act we commit that is against his holy standard if we genuinely seek forgiveness and repentance. And 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 in the same breath, I say that abortion is a choice that adversely impacts culture. We have no idea the capacity of the life that never was allowed to be. But abortion is not the topic of discussion. I serve a God who is a God from the womb to the tomb. Yes, in God's eyes, we are uniquely diverse and equally valued. However, we don't live in a theocracy. And a theocracy means that God is the one who creates the laws and we submit to his created laws. Man creates the laws in our world. And in man's eyes, in man's law, black bodies do not have equal value as white bodies. So this is not an abortion conversation. Now, to know me is to know I love a good remix. If an artist remixes a song, I'll probably never listen to the original again with any level of excitement. But these remixes for Black Lives Matter are a change of the narrative and they are killing me softly. And I'm not talking about a specific group of people engaged in a Black Lives Matter movement. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is the pain of my heart. I'm talking about what happens in my heart when I hear anything other than agreement that my life matters, that my life is worthy, that my life is necessary. Now, I know this episode is is titled hashtag COVID confessions, but I'm honestly over hashtags demanding justice for the black community. And if I'm honest with myself, I could be the next hashtag just by living while black. Now, that's my reality. I live in the Dallas-Fort Worth area in Texas, and I've been a member of of churches that are diverse in congregations, but led by white pastors. And I've struggled and I'm still struggling with the silence from the pulpit and from small group leaders. So pastors have stopped services to pray for those affected by school shootings, and they should. Small group leaders have paused their agenda to pray for the parents who've lost children to such senseless violence, and they should. But when the constant murder of black men and black women by those in authority or those who choose to take the law into their own hands and become their own authority is not prayed over or even spoken about from the pulpit or in a small group, it is clearly communicated that the deaths in my cultural community, the pain in my cultural community, is not worth God's ears. You're telling me that he is not as grieved by the loss of a black life as he is by the loss of a child. Now, if that's not what you're telling me, please understand that that's what your silence is communicating. I'm not speaking as a voice for the black community. I'm just speaking for myself. A woman who is tired, a woman who is grieving, a woman who is processing. About a week ago, I heard Killer Mike say that we have been watching murder porn. Now, when he said that, I was forced to stop and say, yes, yes. Now, the images of the murder of black men and women are burned on our brains. It's burned on my community's brains. Now, have you read the studies on what pornography does to your brain? It literally rewires it. It triggers the brain to pump new chemicals and form new nerve pathways. It creates lasting change on your brain. That's what I believe murder porn 
has been and is continuing to do to my community. We don't have the luxury of turning off the TV or not reading a headline when things feel overwhelming or get uncomfortable. We can't turn off our reality. There are systems in place that grieve my heart because they are structured to keep their metaphorical knee on the necks of black people. And there's also spiritual darkness in play. It's not either or. It's both in. We have both systemic and spiritual oppression at play in the black community. We, as a community of believers in Jesus Christ, regardless of race, have to check our hearts constantly. We cannot legislate hearts. If you try to, you'll end up with behavior modification without heart transformation. So here's a practical heart check. If any of my raw truth has made you feel uncomfortable, or if you don't have language, but you feel some kind of way, or you're tempted to be defensive, sit with the Lord and ask why. Why would the expression of my truth make you feel anything other than grief and and or heaviness? You don't have to experientially know my pain, but trust that I am in pain. Acknowledge my pain and suffer with me. Now, let me pause here and say, God has given me some amazing white and brown sisters in Christ who have lavished their love on me, who have checked on my heart, who have apologized for not knowing how to broach this topic, who have been safe spaces for me to share my truth. And I'm grateful for each and every one of them. They are partnering with God to help heal my heart. And I firmly believe that transformational healing happens at the speed of relationship. So yes, I am grieving and I am not okay. Yet I'm extremely grateful for the safe space of my home that COVID-19 has provided. Because candidly, I don't think I could engage in my world right now. Remember, I work in corporate America. I need a moment and I'm taking my moment. As much as I'm processing and feeling, I believe God is doing something. I believe this is a moment the Lord is asking us not to miss. This feels different than before, if I can say that. I believe God is creating the perfect storm to expose hearts and reveal his power. In nature, a perfect storm is created by three unique weather patterns simultaneously. Well, as I survey our landscape, we are currently experiencing three unique situations simultaneously. We have a health crisis. We have a financial crisis. We have dehumanization of an entire group of people to a degree that this generation has not seen before. I believe God is stirring up revival in our hearts first and then in our nation. And revival does not come without confession of sin and repentance. Confession means to agree And repentance means to change your direction. There is an awakening and an awareness rising in the United States. So I just want you to do business with the Lord. What is he showing you about himself or yourself during this season? From what do you need to confess or repent? What are your hashtag COVID confessions? Don't miss this moment. Yes, it's one of confusion, of pain, sadness, discomfort, But God has not abdicated his throne. He is still in control. And that means this is also a time of rest, reset, and restoration. Well, that's it and that's all. Until the next time, ladies, be good to you. Rewarding Encounters Authentic Life, Real, is a program of Encounter Ministries International, 
a 501c3 ministry that exists to disciple and empower ladies to walk boldly and confidently in who they are becoming in the Lord. It is our hope that as you listen, you are able to engage the heart of the Lord in a real and fresh way. He's always speaking and prayerfully you are ready or continuing to listen. Until the next time, keep it real, ladies.